How do you start a podcast? I'm not sure anymore. Has it been that long? Yeah, long enough. I mean, it's been a busy two weeks, so. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like the opposite. It's the oh, worst crap. way to start. You're right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the greatest podcast you will ever listen to. Humbly the greatest. Humbly. Humbly, Humbly. speaking. Humbly. Humbly. I'm Cameron. I'm John. We forgot how to start a podcast. This is, yeah, this is exactly <laughs> the problem. We have no problem talking for 25 minutes about Mattress Firm before going live. And then we turn on the, the recording and we're like, how does word? <laughs> Words are hard. I feel like uh, Kevin in that uh, episode of The Office where he's trying to use less words to save time. <laughs> it's the greatest. Kevin, okay, some people like don't like Kevin. Kevin's like the most underrated character in that show. Because... He's just so dumb you have to love him. Right? He also has like no points where you, you hate him for any reason. Correct. Right. Him and Creed. You don't hate Creed either because <laughs> Creed's the greatest character in that show. Because <laughs> he just plays himself in real life. And you're like, how can this dude be real? And uh, that's Creed. Creed I mean, yeah. They're the two least controversial characters. Like you don't like, there's nothing that they do where you're like, Oh, they're on the show again. Like, yeah. Yeah. Creed's here. Kevin uh, Baumgartner was uh, at your wedding, technically. <laughs> technically. Uh, he was there in spirit. Yes. Yeah. It was fun. That was awesome. That was a shocking uh, occurrence during my wedding. I was like, this is awesome. My brother-in-law, shout out to Brent, came in clutch. That was an awesome moment. Do you want to just like tell the whole story? Sure. Yeah. I feel. Do you want? Yeah. I guess like I can I set you up for that, and you're just yeah. like, yeah, it was really great. Yeah. No. Um. So during my uh my my brother in law was my best man, and uh, nice. during his, <laughs> I didn't know you well enough, man. You would have been at my wedding though. Well, whatever. If I if 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 I got like married. Like, well, I, I for all uh, for your sake and my own, I hope that you never have another wedding again. I I really hope so. Yeah. Not planning on that. Good. Yeah. So. At my wedding, um, brother-in-law's getting the speech. My brother-in-law and I love to bond over the office. And one day, I casually mentioned to him, I was like, man, it would be really awesome if, like, Kevin Malone was at my wedding. And uh, that's all I said. So um, Brian Baumgartner is the actor who plays uh, Kevin Malone. And my brother-in-law sent him a message saying, hey, can you do, like, a... It was like two, three minutes, three minutes maybe of him talking. Yep. Um, like he sent a video. So during the middle of it, uh, towards the end of his speech, he's like, hey, everybody, you know, John and I like to bond over the office. I would give him words of wisdom, but, you know, I think somebody else would be better at doing it, doing it. And a video started and it was uh, Brian Baumgartner. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. He uh, he dropped some like references the office in there too like kevin's famous chili uh he dropped it that's what she said um it was great do you have that video i do okay, yeah okay. i have it um uh i have it on my phone how many times do you watch it a week <laughs> a week um i don't watch it weekly that'd be kind of weird um i don't know every once in a while i'll watch it yeah 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 anniversary I definitely watched it <laughs> i was like i gotta relive, things, i got i gotta relive this moment of all the uh, things you could do on your anniversary yeah i mean we watched like we watched our wedding and we watched some of the videos and uh like look up pictures and i'm like all right 
Brian Baumgartner time. And I'll watch it by myself. My wife. That, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I need a moment to myself. <laughs> On our anniversary. Most guys will go into the garage, drink a beer, and work in a car. Uh, yeah. But you just need to hide in a corner and... Watch some Brian Baumgartner tell me words of wisdom. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, tweet your their own. Yeah. Or floats your boat. Floats your goat. Oh. The goat. Is Brian Baumgartner... I don't think... I think he's not the goat. Of the office. That's got to be Michael Scott. Yeah. Steve Krell killed it. Yeah. After he left, not. Nah, it's We don't yeah, talk about it. It was a different it. show. We, we, we don't, don't talk we about it anymore. About it. We don't talk about season one because it's just bad. It's unwatchable. Bad. Yeah, it's just unwatchable. But, yeah. After Steve Krell leaves, it's like, eh, there's no point to watching this anymore. We're good. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? Anymore. It was good. How was yours? It was good. Nice. You and I had the same Thanksgiving. What's that? We had the same Thanksgiving. We had the same Thanksgiving? Yeah. We weren't at the same Thanksgiving. We, we had were. Friendsgiving. Well, that's what it's called. <laughs> well, Thanksgiving Day, I I went to my in-laws. I didn't go to your Yeah, but in-laws. you would still call Friendsgiving a Thanksgiving yeah, celebration. that's true. We had... I, yeah, I, I have I had other multiple. family too, John. That's irrelevant <laughs> what's going on. I guess I had multiple Thanksgivings. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for hosting. Great yeah. food. Yeah. Love the pork. Good stuff. good. Jackbox yeah. games. Jackbox games, yeah. always fun. Yeah. Played a new one. That's a good new time. game. Yeah. It's a good time. Great time. Everyone, <laughs> we're all really old because we're all uh, at, like, yeah. at our houses at 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's how you know you're getting old when it's like, whoa, look at the time, 9.45. The worst part of all that is none of us have kids. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the, the only part. The only person that has an excuse to be tired is our great friend, Phil. Yeah, but that's for a different reason. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, he has a legit reason to be tired. But, like, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We're I, just yeah, sad, pathetic just, people. It's, it is sad. It is sad. Yeah. I mean, uh, 9.45, that's like back in college. That's like when things were getting rolling. It's like, all right, 9.45. <laughs> all right. I did think about that because I, uh, I'm i going up to, to Point to see a couple buddies for yeah. having a gaming weekend. Um. <laughs> That's so awesome. I was thinking about board games. Okay. Come on. Yeah, no, that, no, I figure, but that's like, that's amazing. So I was even thinking about, like, when I was in college, um, Elizabeth and I went out to dinner. We came back uh, home. We're at home at like 830. We're like tired. Yeah. And this is a, we had a beer yeah. at dinner. Right? Oh, that's what, that's what makes you tired, though. Yeah. Like just one? It's over. <laughs> Bedtime. Over <laughs> bedtime, and I'm I'm looking at the clock. I'm like it's eight thirty. I'm like, it used to be like an hour and a half before we would even think about getting ready to maybe go out. Yeah, this is incredible. I mean, I know there's a difference between twenty one and oh, twenty nine, right. but and being yeah. married and then like being a college kid with no life besides school yeah and yeah and not life. being <laughs> in party culture yeah. anymore <laughs> right. Dude, we're so screwed when we have kids, man. Like, if Easy. we're this tired yeah, right now, done. Oh my gosh, I, Laura, and I will die of sleep deprivation, yeah. and I just accepted that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Advent. Yeah, Advent's a Advent's a great time. Uh, have you started using the Hollow app yet? Oh, I have. I feel like we're gonna be. Uh, this is gonna become like uh, just an advertisement show of like, hey. Watch the chosen. Hey, listen to Father Mike Schmitz, the Hollow app. That's like our new one. It's like the trifecta. It is, and the the cool thing is that actually Father Mike Schmitz, <laughs> Bible in the Year, 
is on the hollow. It's on the hollow. So now. if you haven't listened to the Bible in a Year podcast yet, stop. Go listen right. to that. Come back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm glad that you've heard the entire Bible in a Year. Is it bad that I keep pushing that and I'm not even done with mine yet? Um, no. I've got like 25 days left. That dude, like you that. made it way further than me. It hasn't been awesome. in a row. It's been okay. like I only listen to it when I go to the office. Oh, sure. A couple times a week. Yeah. Um, but I I had a great experience with with the Hollow app today. And what was that? So we uh, you can listen to like um, daily like the daily rosary. Yep. And I'm not the type of guy to like listen to the rosary being said because I like to switch between English and Latin. Okay. To like keep my mind engaged. Yeah, that's that's um, fair. Just because if I just do it in English, kind of, I like find that my mind wanders a lot. So if I keep switching the language that I'm doing it in, I find that it helps a little bit. Yeah, but I was like, you know what? We've got we've got this uh, holy day subscription or whatever through the parish, um, which everybody listening to this can can do. Um, let's let me let me give it a shot. Jonathan Ramey is or what Ramey, right? I think it's Ramey or Romy. Yeah, R O U M I E. The wonderful actor yeah. who portrays Jesus in the Chosen. Great job. Uh, what is one of the people you can have narrating the the mysteries? Yep. So, right before I start listening to it, I realize I'm I'm in my car at lunch. Um, I have to pee. <laughs> Usual. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. drank all my coffee, had a bottle of water. I had to pee. Yeah, everyone everyone does. And it's a long... I park very far away from the office so I can walk. Yeah, that's, that's a good I feel idea. less awful about sitting on my butt for the next six hours. Right. I'll walk. So I've really got to go to the bathroom. But if I go back into the office, I'm not going to listen to the rosary. So um, I, started, I started listening to the rosary. Great. The rosary is the greatest thing, right? And I realized, like, through at the beginning of Mystery Four, so the carrying of the cross, I've really got to pee. Now, like, it's it's uncomfortable, right? Like, and it's I'm like, you know burst. what? You know, offer it up, man. Offer it up. <laughs> Which is really, it's just like a really <laughs> odd thing to offer up this yeah, uncomfortableness like, one. You know, Jesus, like, dude, it. there's bathrooms. It's fine. Pause it. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> come back, man. Like, but, you're not at the pee your pants for me. <laughs> but I had this. I had this really interesting realization. And like while I'm waiting for this to be done, and I'm saying the other half of the rosary like you normally would, right? Or the other half of the prayers, I'm realizing like how, like I just want it to be over, mm. but it's because it's recorded, it's consistent, it's methodical, and it just it feel it felt like it kept going. Mm-hmm. I was like, this must be what Satan feels like. Mm. Not like, he, you know, but I'm not like putting myself in that position, but like to constantly hear the prayers of the rosary right throughout the world constantly. Right. And I guarantee at any moment of the day, there's a rosary. Oh, for set. I would guarantee Statistically, that. that's just how yeah. it works. And how it is constant, methodical mm. scripture being, for all intents and purposes, shouted at him. Right. And his... The legion of whatevers um, throughout the world constantly. Yeah, it's like constantly hearing screaming in your ear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like how powerful that mm-hmm. must be. Yeah. Um, I believe it's it, 
John Paul II or one of the popes. I can't remember if it was him or, or Benedict. Um, <laughs> that um, or maybe it was a Pope Leo. I don't know. That the the rosary is 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 um, the most powerful weapon we have. Yep. Against sin. I feel Definitely. like that was Benedict. It was a Pope, so you know Somewhere. it's got to be good. Yeah, I feel like that was Benedict though. But yeah. Anyway. It might just be every pope ever. Right. I feel like I feel like that's just a pope thing. And so like, yeah. Just pope things. Like, yeah. <laughs> just pope things. <laughs> like I feel like there's not gonna be a pope that's like, you know what, the rosary, I'm not sure about it. No, like I feel like they will all be like, Yeah, that's that's yeah. sound. Yeah. So it was, it was it was great. So if you uh haven't had the opportunity to go subscribe to the Holy Day subscription through the parish, I believe yeah. you could probably find it through the website, Facebook page. Um, you can also just search like, um, hollow holy day mm-hmm. subscription on Google and it will walk you through the steps yeah. to, to get it. It's the premium full access. They've got great stuff on there. I mean, everything on there they've got from the rosary to just quick minute meditations. It's, it's a really great, Chaplets, yeah, daily it's readings, everything, daily everything. gospel, Lexio Divina. Yeah. You can pick your time from most of the, like the length mm-hmm. for most of the prayers. Yep. Uh, Father Mark Schmidt's homilies, meditations, Julianne Stans is on there. I, I think Bishop Barron has it. Bishop Barron has a good amount yeah. of stuff. You can listen. You could pray the rosary with Mark Wahlberg. Dude. I, that was a, I was going to try to do like a Mark Wahlberg accent there. Like a, what's I'm a glad Bo- you did. I can't, I can't I, do I'm a Boston you. accent. Boston. 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 On the, <laughs> A quarter for my daughter. <laughs> you know, a cup of coffee. Yeah. The car park. I don't know. Oh man, dude. There's so I'm. I'm sorry to any people from Boston. I love Boston. It's one of my <laughs> favorite cities. I love people. From so it's Boston. great. It's it. It's definitely a great resource. Uh, and if you're looking for a way to spice up your your Advent prayer, we have it all the way through Lent, I believe. So yes, mm-hmm. um, go through Christmas. I think even through... I think even past that a little bit. I have no idea. I'm only yeah. saying what I've been told. Yeah. So we're going to get to the more important part of the story now that every, or <laughs> podcast that everyone skipped through. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, you've already skipped past the first 15 Correct. minutes. Correct. Or uh, like I've been here before. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, we're joined today by the uh, hospitality and discipleship team leader, well Andy done. Schmidt. Schmidt. <laughs> I, I said before i'm like oh man why am i blanking your name schmidt oh man i kept thinking it was dufresne <laughs> and here you and then here i am i can't say schmidt i say yeah. schmid schmid you just dropped the t and that's shawshank yeah. right shawshank and andy yeah. dufresne yeah. which i've never seen i've only seen the family guy parody shawshank redemption right yeah yeah, yeah i watched the first 15 minutes of that on a plane and then fell asleep so. I'm glad you said fell asleep, and I just heard fall, fell, and an airplane. Oh, yeah. No, the plane landed. <laughs> I was watching it for 15 minutes, and the airplane fell, and just you know, just waited to die, fun. and then <laughs> it caught it, and by the time it got back up there, I was like, I don't really want to watch a movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a fine flight. A flight. Fine flight. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah. Um, Good to be here. Happy to have you on. So, go ahead. <laughs> you're uh, you're newer to the parish. Yeah. So, um, well, first off, my wife and I have 
four kids and we belong out at Holy Family. Um, I think we'll probably switch pretty quick here um, just to make it easier. So yes, I was hired into the hospitality and discipleship position about three and a half months ago, four months ago, I think now. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. Nice. Um, what did you, what brought you to Manitowoc then? Ooh, definitely the, so definitely the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, interesting. So I worked in business, family business for quite a long time. And then, um, Woke up one morning and just, uh, this is the short version of the story. You can give us the long version. You can version. give us the long version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is your, this is your uh, story, man. Okay. We do long versions Okay. Here. So uh, the question, so uh, yeah, still trying to answer the what brought me to Manitowoc. But um, an answer to that is the Holy Spirit. Long version of the story is, um, I guess I can... For me, definitely in adulthood, 20s, definitely uh, very lukewarm. I really told God, uh, you know what, I went to Catholic grade school, I went to Catholic high school, and I know more about God than most people, and that's just going to have to be good enough for you. Go to Mass. You know, I go to Mass, right? I go to Mass every week, Sundays, my wife and I, and um, I'm busy busy during the week so i really don't have time for you god i would pray literally five to ten seconds every morning because i knew i needed to pray every every morning um but my path closer to jesus started with curcio uh, my parents had done curcio and they were like hounding us then we told them stop hounding us so they stopped and then eventually just felt like okay it's time so my wife and i did curcio what uh, is that what is curcio yeah. mm-hmm. Curcio is, their words would be, a short course in Christianity. It's a Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday retreat. Okay. And um, starts off very slowly. Uh, I like, one of of my missionary brothers um, said, you know, if I had to design a retreat, it would be nothing like Curcio. But I can't argue with the fruits that mm. Curcio has produced. Mm, sure. So um, it starts off really slow um, and then finishes really with community and that call that call to, to take the gospel out and mm. do something with it. So the call every day to, to pray, every day to learn, study, learn more about our faith, about God every day, and then action every day to act on that. And interesting enough when i made my curcio and they told me that i was like yeah i'm too busy i can't do this uh you're crazy so why they invited me back to help with a curcio i have no idea but they did and in that time uh, so i was working in business then uh, long hours six days a week and i met another guy who also owned his own business um i knew he worked just as hard as i did and he actually carved out time for God in his life. And when they say cut to the heart, right? I was like, okay, if he does it, so can I. I have no excuses. And the very next day, I stopped at Barnes & Noble, picked up 
a Bible because until that point, I still just had like my teenage Bible, not like a real adult, you know, Bible with the training wheels off. Um, so bought a Bible, started reading it, and started trying to put it into practice to pray every day, um, study and learn more every day, and actually do something. So that that led me to, to things, and one of the things was at Holy Family Parish, two of our um, families there went into missions. Uh, they went uh, and trained at Family Missions Company down in Louisiana, and one of them went to Peru, the other one went to the Philippines. And when they did, my wife and I had told them, if you ever need a place to stay, because both of them sold their houses, kind of sold most of what they had, gave away what they had to go into missions, if you need a place when you come back, you can stay with us. Mm Sure enough, uh, Luke and Amy Boley uh, were in the Philippines. They got pregnant, and they already had four kids, pregnant with their fifth. And Amy has complicated pregnancies, so small island in the Philippines was not the place for her to deliver. So they came back to the U.S., and they were going to stay with parents. And God really just put it on my heart, and we had told them, right, so I called Luke, hey, if you need a place to stay, come and stay with us. He's like, yep, we're good. Thank you for the offer, but we got it all lined up. So God put it on my heart again a couple weeks later, call Luke. And I was like, yeah, I'll call him when I get home. And God was like, no, call him right now. And I was like, okay, call Luke. Hey, you need a place to stay? He's like, nope, we're good. All fine. Okay. I go home. I tell my wife, Christelle, we got to get the basement ready. Luke and Amy are coming to move in with us. She's like, really? They said that? I was like, no, they didn't say that, but I know they are. So we got the basement ready, and we have a walkout basement, so it's not like a complete dungeon. There's windows down there and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> we, They're in we, the basement with the, with the rats in the furnace there. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, get the basement ready. Yeah. Get the dungeon. <laughs> so... Sure enough, a couple of weeks later, Luke calls up. He's like, hey, you know, we're, we're living with my parents and it's, you know, it, it's good, but could we move in with you guys? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, could we move in this weekend? I'm like, absolutely. It's all ready. <laughs> yep, we got it all ready. He's like, are you serious? Yeah, Say no more. God, God said so. So, um, so Luke and Amy moved in with us and I was already on my journey, right? But um, having someone who... You know, I was on my journey, but like Luke sold their house and and Amy and their willingness to serve God and their love for God it is just amazing. So being able to, we'd put our kids to bed, right? And then have that Christian community where we sit down at the table and, and I just ask them questions like, okay, what about this? And one of the questions I would ask them is, tell me how much God wants from me. And me being in business... I meant money. Like, <laughs> tell me how much money God wants me to give him. Because I know, right? Like, you, mm-hmm. we all know. We all see the the bulletin mm-hmm. and the and the bottom right. line. Like, Luke, just tell me how much money God wants from me, so I can I can budget it in. Then I can work it in. He's like, Andy, I don't think it works that way. I was like, <laughs> No, I I know that's how it works. I hear it. I see it. That's the way it works. Just tell me how much. And he's like, No, it doesn't. So he um, gave me the book. 
he, he talked to another missionary friend. He's like, what do I do with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, have him read Happy Are You Poor? So a book by Father Thomas Dubé. Um, really good book. Uh, and I have since told Luke, you know, friends don't let friends read that book until they're older in life because now I have to try and live this. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things in the back of the book was there's an examine. Like, if God asked you to give up what you have to better serve him, would you? And it's worded a little bit different, but that's the way I read it and took it. And honestly, for myself, I was like, no. Like, no, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine giving up, right? And and I like Elizabeth talks about it, uh, wealth, pleasure, power, and honor, right? They're good things, but they're the normal entry points of Satan. Um, I didn't want to give up kind of my ties to those things. And it's like, if God asked me to give those up, I, I, I wouldn't be able to. And that didn't sit well with me and prayed about it for a while and then woke up one morning and that's when God was like, go. And I was like, shoot, I know what you mean. <laughs> and, and I was like, Christelle will save me. My wife will say, no, we're not going to go into missions. You know, uh, our other friends have done this, but it's not for us. And like, I know Christelle's going to save me on this. And so I told her, and I had to go to work. It was a Saturday, um, April 9th, I think. Um, I had to go to work that morning. I'm like, hey, I got to go to work, but this is what God said this morning in prayer. And she's like, yeah, I, I've kind of been feeling that too. I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. So. Um, Why? <laughs> yeah. So it took it took about a year and a half because we, we had to, to adjust some things and get ready to, to go into missionary training. But during that time, um, I read Mission of the Redeemer, which they had asked us to read prior to coming to mission training. So um, Pope John Paul, St. Pope John Paul II um, wrote Redemptius Missio, or my Latin is terrible, but Mission of the Redeemer. And one of the things in there when I read it was, was, you know, the next missionary field really is cities. Because people can be in a city and kind of be invisible to each other, mm-hmm. right? Community, and for myself, what brought me closer to Jesus? Community, being able to, to be close to, to good Catholic, good Christian friends um, led me closer to Jesus. So when I read that, really, it just, I was like, Manitowoc. Manitowoc is, we live out kind of near Valders, and it's just like, and, and you know, it, it just was on my heart. So when, you know, way down, so we did missions and all that, um, come back because of COVID. We were, when COVID hit, we were in the South Island of New Zealand doing missionary work there. And when we came back, um, got a job at St. Bernard in Appleton and then um, helped Luke for a little while. And then when I saw the job open here, kind of, I knew I knew I was going to pray about it first, right? We do. We actually discern things as a family. So, uh, my four kids and my wife and I will take uh, an hour, two or three, usually um, like a Saturday morning, and we'll just all go pray. We'll start together, pray, go separate, pray about it, ask God what 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 do you want of us as a family? You know, do you want Dad to go work here? Then come back and talk about what we heard God put on our hearts. And some of it, you know, scripture sometimes. Sometimes you kind of just have that feeling you know what God is saying to you. 
Sometimes it's just what's been going on in your life. But um, discern as a family. And and I just knew it's like, yep, this is where God wants me to be. Especially because I often tell tell God, like in the Holy Spirit especially, I'm too dumb to get things the first time. So <laughs> you got to tell me two or three times. Because I, I, I mean, really, yeah. I, mm. I'm not going to catch it the first time. So um, that as I prayed about it, looking back, like, oh, yeah, you put that on my heart way back when that Manitowoc was probably part of my future. So long answer to a short question. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did the long answer because I was yeah, like, right? yeah, there was there was a lot there. Um, so you did missionary work. Uh, I want to know more about that. Uh, okay. Where? Where? So New Zealand. So, yep. So. First, we went to training in Louisiana, which was interesting. We lived there for training about five months. Uh, we did a little bit of training, a month of training in central Mexico. And then our first assignment was um, Via Union, Mexico. So, or we would say Villa, Villa Union. <laughs> um, but right across the border from Eagle Pass, Texas. Okay. So we were... Like from Eagle Pass, it was about a 30-mile drive to get to where we were. But really, we were only probably 14, 15 miles from the Rio Grande River. Gotcha. So, um, you know, definitely, I guess I, when we got there, the Gulf Cartel controlled uh, Via Union. And the longer we were there, we were there 14 months and we had to leave because it became unsafe mm. because uh, Jalisco New Generation uh, Cartel del Norte was moving in on both sides. And so they were having a turf war mm. and that gets to be very unsafe. The Gulf Cartel knew we were there um, a couple times, you know, guys would come up and ask me, what, what are you doing here? Um, they were fine with it. Like my wife, Christelle, likes to say, all their grandmas loved us, so <laughs> they weren't going to mess with us. Um, yeah. You got to look out that Mexico is yeah. a very strong Catholic country. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. And they have the grandma network. Like, all yeah. the grandmas just watch what's going on and, and keep everybody informed. It's like, I know your grandma from church. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Come on over. <laughs> yeah, you're good, man. All you're the good. drug kingpins are actually grandmas. Yeah. <laughs> My abuela. Is <laughs> <laughs> the drug kingpin Breaking Bad got it so, all wrong? Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, do you, did you watch Breaking Bad? I did. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. The two brothers with the boots, yeah. the fancy boots, yeah, literally were like, they're dead now for real. But they oh. were they were based on the two brothers that were one town over from where we were. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my yes. gosh. Yeah, National Geographic has an article on the area we were in about, and it was like six years before we came down, was the last time it was a turf war over that area, mm-hmm. and there was just this massive killing, um, which, like, we prayed with kids who lost their mom in that killing. You know, oh, like, the, everybody everybody knew somebody that was affected by that so it was crazy to see that national geographic had an article about it like okay yep it's real were your kids with you when you were in yeah yep all six of, it, it, yep that was 
that's part of Family Missions Company. That's the family and Family Missions Company. And my, you know, my business mind was like, this is a terrible idea. Like, really, you're going to pay for six people to do the work of one or two? Mm-hmm. But the number of times, right, that our kids, kids play with kids, whether they speak yeah, the language right. or not, yeah. oh, kids yeah. play with kids. Yeah. So that our kids are starting to play with other kids, and then you're standing there with the parents, and you're just like, hey, you know, how are you doing? Hey, what's going on? Hey, you go to church, come on. You know, you, you have that chance to preach the gospel so right. easily, and the kids do it as well, that it's like, Oh, this is genius. I totally thought this was wrong, but it's absolutely right. Yeah. So your Spanish is pretty good then, huh? Uh, my Spanish is terrible. You can ask Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> but I can get I can get by. Yeah. Like okay, I can yeah. I can get around, I can I can get by. It's definitely better than ours. I stopped taking Spanish in college. No. <laughs> That's my Spanish right there. I know that. No is no. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's the extent of my... Yeah. So, Mexico. Yep. So, Mexico. So, you left Mexico. So, you left Mexico because of yep. the cartel, cartel situation. situation. Um, where where did you go next? Yep. So, South Island of New Zealand. Okay. Um, and it get, it, interesting enough, we had done a discernment retreat about a month or two before we left Mexico. Um, and so when we did that, uh, again, South Island of New Zealand. So I'm sitting before the tabernacle in this little chapel that we were at praying at this retreat center and I'm praying. I'm like, okay, God, you know, you answered some questions for me. Where are we going? And I closed my eyes and I wrote down on my notepad and I looked down and I, I had wrote New Zealand. Well, I crossed it off because I'm like, well, that's just me. Missionaries don't go to New Zealand. Like, I'm sure I want to go to New Zealand. But Sounds nice. Yeah, like yeah. It's a first world country. Right. You know, we have no missionaries there with Family Missions Company. Like, Lord of the no. Rings was filmed yes. there. Like, who yes. doesn't want to go to New Zealand? Hobbiton is there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we got together, kids and Christelle and I, we all talk. And Christelle and I talk, and and we say, like, honestly, well, crazy. So, like, Josie, our youngest at the time, she was probably four. She, she was like, we're going to go back to Mexico for five days. That's what I heard God say. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you, that's not what's going to happen. Turns out that's exactly what happened. Um, <laughs> because it was so unsafe. So, um Christelle and I are talking and like, yep, okay, we feel God saying that Mexico is not going to be long term, okay? And where did God God give you any inkling where we should go? And Christelle's like, no, I have no no inkling whatsoever. I'm like, me either. I got nothing. So we just, any of the kids? No. And we've done this enough. God always gives us something. So I'm like, well, I did write down New Zealand, but I crossed that off. She's like, no way. Because that's exact when I said, God, where should we go? New Zealand popped into my head. So um, we did our legwork and we contacted the Diocese of Dunedin, again, south part of the South Island. And we found out that um, Bishop 
Michael um, Dooley is doing a great job down there. Wonderful, wonderful man. And um, But he came into a situation where the diocese was $14 million overdrawn in their checkbook. Oh, and it's public knowledge. Everybody in the diocese yeah. knows this. Wow. And so he worked, he's been working really hard. So they're only $12 million overdrawn, but he had to cut a bunch of staff. So like, I think you guys know kind of what our staff at the, at the diocese is, right? Right. He had him, there's a Monsignor that helps him out, a retired Monsignor that helps him out, <laughs> the lady that answers the telephones and does everything else, and the groundskeeper, and then a part-time lady that helps with some programming. That's the complete staff at the diocese. Wow. Because that's like they have like no money. Wow. So then you're like, okay, God, why did you call? And and they're a country that has gone from like 75% Christian down to 23% Christian. Oh my goodness. Of which now I think like nine or 10% are Catholic. So so you're you're like, okay, God, now I know exactly why you called us down here. Because as missionaries, we we begged for our funds from our benefactors here in the states, you know. So we go to Mexico on our funds. We don't need anything from the parish. And the same thing, we go to New Zealand, not needing any money from them, which was good because like, we have no money. We have less than no money. Um, so it turns out, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Then we found out the founders of Family Missions Company, Frank and Jeannie, had actually went to New Zealand for a couple of years while they were doing mission work. Yeah. So it just just crazy how God worked. What was the differences between like the? I don't know. I just kind of want to know like the differences differences between like the missionary work in Mexico and New Zealand. It sounds like New Zealand you're dealing with, you know, not a lot of Catholics, right? Um, crazy koalas. <laughs> crazy koalas. Uh, not a lot of Catholics. Kiwis, no koalas. Probably no different. Yes. I guess my my question is like, uh, when doing missionary work, what did you recognize as like the differences between what was the focus there? You know, like, yeah. yep. I, I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, no, uh, good. So, Mexico. A lot of what, a lot of what we did in Mexico. We were in a parish that had 13 little, they call them mojitos, but like little villages. Okay. So imagine like you've got Manitowoc, right? With say one priest in Manitowoc and Via Union had two churches, uh, a, major, a bigger one and then a chapel, but two churches. And then think about if that same priest served 13 other communities you know, two rivers and mm. Sheboygan. And so that one priest had to serve 15 different little churches, wow. chapels. Yeah. So, um, Padre Rogelio, when he was there, like he would say, he would say seven masses on Sunday oh, and he'd my. be like, don't, don't tell Bishop. Okay. Just don't tell Bishop how many masses. Cause it just like here, they don't right. really want mm-hmm. the priest, but the people. So in Mexico, a lot Mexico reminded me of and I'm 50 reminded me of the US when I was a kid okay where when grandma said hey get your kids to church right mm-hmm. you know the parents still got their kids to church mm. um and and I know I mean there's a lot of 
lot of reasons nowadays why that doesn't happen and, and not all that's bad or good. Um, so I, I definitely want to say like, I, I get where people are at today. I sure. understand how we got there, but Mexico is still, is still very Catholic, but, um, had some good conversations there with younger people, right? Who are questioning, like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to listen to grandma anymore. I don't know that I do believe there's a God, you know? So, so Mexico is kind of, in my mind, where we were 30 years ago. My fear is New Zealand is where we will be 30 years from now. Mm. Um, mm. So a lot of our work in New Zealand, um, I don't, it, like when they say pre-evangelization, we're, like New Zealand, you would run into people where, okay, hey, come to church. Okay, I've never been in a church. Maybe they're saying, I've never been in church. My parents have never been in a church. I don't really know anybody that goes to church. I don't know why I would do that. That That's completely foreign to me. You know, we're at least mm, here. Right. I feel like most people here, if you're, if you're at work, you probably know somebody that goes to church regularly yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of our work there was kind of just like letting people know um, that that a belief in God is, you know, we would say, well, of course it's real. God is real. God is truth. But that a belief in God is actually a good way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a good way to live. It gives you, it gives you a peace and a, and a joy that you don't get elsewhere. Um, I remember again, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, let me talk to one of the most prominent lawyers in, in the, in Dunedin. And she, we, we started talking about their high suicide rate there. And she by the end of it, she acknowledged that she's like, I, I like what you're saying. It makes sense to me. I, I still can't bring myself to say I would believe in God, but, but I, you know, that there's a higher power outside because if there's no higher power, right? Why is it? Why is it wrong? Mm. To commit suicide. Right. You know, if I'm, if I'm, if I am my own truth, mm. what's what's the difference? Um, and of course, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that. Please, right? You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have a God, and and life is valuable. Our God loves life, um, and even if you don't accept that we have a God yet, right? You you know that you're valued. There is someone here that values you. So don't want to go too far down that. Oh, yeah, no, but anyway. So what did we do there? I feel like we planted those seeds that I pray for, I hope will grow. Um, it, does that make sense? No, it so, definitely does. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, thanks for answering. So Mexico, we yeah. had baptisms, you know, missionaries like, mm-hmm. do you have baptisms? Mexico, we did. Uh, New Zealand, we did not. But we, we, um, we had, you know, we had like a miracle, like, so they're, their healthcare, right, um, is socialist. So you only get, uh, if you're unconscious in an accident or something, you get 101 days and then they pull the plug on you. End of story. So a uh, friend of ours, her 
cousin uh, was nearing that 101 days. And we just prayed. And of course, a couple hours later, she's like, he just opened his eyes. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. So good stuff that way. One of the things that came to mind, and I want to be careful, eh, but a story I heard in New Zealand from a guy, um, and more than once, they're reluctant to share their stories. So a guy that came to church, right? Coming to the Catholic church. And he's like, well, I feel I can share my story with you because you're crazy. You're just a missionary. But he... (laughs) He grew up. Yeah. You're crazy. You're crazy. I can, tell that. I can you, share you, this. You walked you. away from a perfectly good job to beg for money, um, and you're an American. Americans don't do that. America. Yeah, hey, coming here. He's like, so he he actually grew up Catholic. Uh, you know, took to drinking and partying, and was on his motorcycle as an adult, and got in a terrible accident. And, and was bleeding out and an ambulance was on its way to a different call. So when he got in his accident, literally like seconds later, the ambulance is on the scene and realizes like, we have to stop because this guy's going to die. So the only reason he's alive is because the ambulance was there. When he got in his accident, he said, you know, whatever you want to say, but I saw Jesus. Like, I I got to see Jesus. And he didn't say anything to me, but um, he said, I knew, like, I knew without words that I wasn't going to heaven. Mm-hmm. He's like, I knew it, and I was afraid. Mm. And so... You know, he comes back, you know, they, they revive him. And he said, you know, a couple days later after I got out of the hospital, I went back to the scene and I could still see the, the blood soaked into the to the blacktop. And it was a lot. It was a huge puddle of blood. Yeah. And he said, I realized like, like, OK, God, like God is real. Right. And I need yeah. to change my life. And mm-hmm. he said, at first I got mad. I got mad at everybody, all my other Catholic friends. Like, why didn't anybody stop me from doing what I was doing? And why didn't anybody, you know, make me pay attention? I got mad. And then I realized, okay, God is calling me to a life of faith. So he would come to church. And I was like, and he worked construction. I'm like, dude, you're the answer. You're the answer to what New Zealand needs. Like, they need to hear your story. And he's like, no way, man. No, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell my story. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know what the guys here would do? What they'd make fun of me if I told them? I'm like, but that's what we've got to do. And I do, I feel like even coming on here uh, on the podcast, right? People need to tell their stories. And that's what you guys have been doing that. You guys have been getting people to tell their stories. And we need to share them. Like we need to, we need to make this an uncomfortable Christmas coming up. Like, hey everybody, hey Aunt Jane, guess what? I love Jesus so much. You know what Jesus did for me? But anyway, that's just me and and my love no, for evangelization. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, uh, I don't even know where I was going. I was just in agreement of like, yeah, if people shared their stories more often, uh, just I, I try to imagine 
what the world will look like a difference you know yes of your story makes and, a difference yes yeah no, i i'm in 100 percent agreement with that do you think like most even most motivational speakers they tell their they tell their story there's no there's no i mean there's a lot of gimmicks even coming from education to motivate people to motivate students it's a little different because they're young and impressionable and they their brains aren't working properly yet and you're just trying to get them to add two numbers together with you know whatever um but motivating somebody to make a life change does require um it requires a story nobody it, even myself uh i've been christian my entire life i've never had i've had zero doubts in my entire life that that god doesn't exist i've always known that god exists um what you know i uh grew up catholic you know i was lutheran for a little while then i was like just you know lowest common christian that you know just i believe in god and that's it like um but then coming to the church there was you know there has to be a moment where god reaches out to you in some way you know for yes. me it, for me it was adoration yep. not even being yep. catholic not really even understanding what was going on um but for you know even for your friend you know i think i think even myself um even praying about this today like if, if i ask god for joy if i ask god for peace like and it doesn't happen immediately like a what the heck <laughs> and uh b what i even know what it was even if you did give it to me you kind of mm. you just go into that spiral that's weird um but we have this idea of what we think it's going to be when god gives us what we ask for um, which doesn't make any sense because if we're asking for it, we don't have it. So we wouldn't know what it is. Um, and I think most people think about your friend's story of Jesus being fully present to you in, you know, I don't, I don't know what the image was for him, but giving you a, a the teacher look, right? Where you're like, oh my goodness, I've done something wrong. Um and a lot of times it's more subtle than that. And you can never, yes. at least at least other other people that I've talked to and everyone we've had on the, on the show here, it's, it, it's been to them colossal. This is a colossal moment. But to everyone else, it seems so subtle. Right. Um, and that is, and if you don't tell the story saying that it was colossal, People just see it as subtle and it doesn't move them. It doesn't motivate them. It doesn't make them think in a different way. It doesn't make them see things in a different way because they're just going to keep asking themselves, you know, where is it for me? Where is it for me? Where is it for me? They need to see the the colossal in the subtle or at least know that that is possible. I think it's definitely different for for people like myself who have been christian their entire life um you know i don't need to have this experience where i all of a sudden believe that god is real my my you know deeper conversion moment needs to be okay god i believe that you're real i know what you've done for me how do i go closer to you and i think the christian experience is a lot of 
I mean, it is. It's 99.99999% God reaching out to us in small little ways. And we hopefully, by the grace of God, are allowed to, are able to say yes enough times to get to heaven. Or say yes enough time to enough times to, um, by God's mercy, be purified in, in, in purgatory. Um, I think that's. I mean, that's a really great story. I think. I think hopefully the more people will, through your work, through your family's work, especially in New Zealand, um, hear a couple small stories like that. Mm. Um, because I think people keep waiting for big colossal movements. I think a lot of that, a lot of that is exaggerated through social media, of course, and a lot of other things. We wait for the big thing, the next big thing, when in reality, it's so many small things. I mean, I, I'm I'm not very good with verses either, but I know that there's you know a verse of where uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say either, as if I'm saying that you guys don't because i know you guys do know your verses better way better than i do but probably not no i can i'm gonna if i was a betting man i would bet that you know as a missionary way more verses than i do but um you know one one that i do know and it's not worth word so bear with me here is is of you know god doesn't speak in the thunder you know he doesn't speak in the the flames he doesn't speak in the fire or in the thunder he can and we've seen it, but most of the time, uh, and like you've gone to, it says, is he speaks in, you know, the wind. He speaks in the rustle, what, uh, the leaves. You know, he he doesn't. You know, when you calm your heart and your and you calm your mind, that's when you, that's when you often find Jesus and uh, experience it. I don't know what verse it is, or maybe it's, it's a, a quote. Elijah. So okay, Kings. There you go. And see, I knew you guys would know. Well, not the exact I'm, chapter. I just know that that's Elijah. And <laughs> yeah. I, See, I knew you guys I'm would know. <laughs> close enough removed from the Bible in the year to remember that that's in the book of Kings. <laughs> Again, Bible in the year. Father Mike Schmitz. Listen to it. It's really good. It is really good. <laughs> it is really good. Um, God bless Father Mike Schmitz. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I, 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 now knowing that story, I, I, I'll have to, you know, definitely pray for New Zealand and any other, you know, and in the United States here. You know, of, of people who um, have experienced a, a real, real experience of of of, of God in their lives um, that they feel, you know, that itch to to share with others because I think the world needs that um, desperately. Yeah, I won't even say it's like oh, we should do it. No, I think we definitely need to do it. Um, so I pray that hopefully your friend can can pray on it and maybe share it with other people because. Mm-hmm. All taste is a little mustard seed, you know. Yep. It's also not gonna. It's also not gonna happen on that. That sort of evangelization evangelization doesn't happen on the podcast. Um, you know, I don't. I I think everyone that's kind of come on here is gonna is comfortable mm. telling their story um, to dozens of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the the. That kind of just storytelling happens, as you were mentioning before, in community. Yeah, it happens in in yep. in small communities. Um, I think every great conversation I've ever had about um, our my our faith or or the church or 
Christianity in general that hasn't been with just my wife um, is with a small group of guys. You know, um, John, you and I have had, uh, you know, discipleship quads. Mm-hmm. Rip. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and one of them, and, uh, Chris is in Florida and Will is getting married, so he's moving to Milwaukee, so that's over. Um, but every great conversation that I've had have been in, in, in small groups, mm-hmm. people yep. that we're comfortable with. Yep. Um, and, and, may, and maybe you can, you can attest to this because you, you were in missionary work. Um, when I th- used to think about missionary work, it was the dude, in, in, I don't know how often you've been to Green Bay, but um, there's a guy across the street from the hospital, I think it's on Mason, uh, and he's got a big white cross, and he just stands on the, on the corner of the, of the street, and he's just got the cross, and he just waves at people. Sure. And like to me, that, that's what missionary work used to be. Um, but I, I would venture to guess that that's not what you were really doing when you were in Mexico or, or, or New Zealand. I, I would say you're... <clears throat> or at least partially. <laughs> you're correct. Um, you know, and I think in the past, right, mis- missionary work could be proselytization, where it's kind of like, hey, That's a big word. here we are, we'll give you stuff, right? We'll build a building, we'll give you food, if you say you believe in God, right? And that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, much of what we did really looks like journeying with people, coming alongside them, seeing them, right? I see you. You, you, you exist. You are good. Um, you are beloved. You are beloved by God. So it, seeing them and then listening to them, you know, what's going on? Just what you're saying, uh, like discipleship quads or small groups. And then through that, uh, seeing where, looking for where the Holy Spirit's working in their lives already and just kind of pointing that out to them. And you're absolutely right. Most times, and I think for most people, these are small little things. It's God is in the whispers. Yeah. And we have to... I feel like we have to be willing to to like be open to God. Mm. If right, if I don't want to hear God at all, if I don't want to see God working in my life, I'm not going to. Um, right. Often, and that's where we get into, I guess, the 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 natural workings of God, and then the supernatural workings of God. God can work a miracle anytime. Oh, absolutely, but right. most times God works in just that natural order of things. Friendships and community and and sitting down with beer and ice cream and <laughs> talking about the deeper things in life, yeah. I think that uh, I was kind of reflecting on this today a little bit on community. Um, I've done not missionary but i've been on mission trips i've been on five mission trips to different areas in the awesome. united states yeah and it was a great time it's always been a fruitful experience for me um but i was kind of reflecting back because i i know that you do missionary work so i was like oh i'm kind of reflecting back on my own um and one thing that i uh that i can i all different experiences been to five different places uh middle of the appalachian mountains in virginia uh Detroit, Joppa, Missouri, St. Louis, Memphis. All very different areas, very different cultures, very different reasons why we were there. Um, And 
one thing that I guess look reflecting reflecting back on is you know these are areas and a lot of them were were just deep poverty areas yeah. of the United States. Yep. Uh, the Appalachian Mountains is um, if you've never been there, it's it's essentially almost like a third world country in some areas in the Appalachians, and the thing that kept them going is is community you know like when we went to st louis uh we volunteered at a community garden and just talking to people and this lady was like you know i just saw a need and i did it and now it's a, wow. this beautiful big community garden that people volunteer at uh people grow their food at for for no cost at all um and and i i guess like i'm kind of looking at like the world of like I feel like we don't really have that community sense anymore. Like people like, like that used to be like, you, you're proud of your city. You're like, I'm from here, you know, like, um, you know, it's how like communities survived. It's how like people survived was like the community. And part of it was just, like I said, survival. They didn't have as much technology. They didn't have as much health resources. Right. So like they had to rely on each other. Um, but they had that community sense and that bond and they, and I feel like, yeah, we don't really have that anymore. And, and what I've, I don't know, I've, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but also I feel like if there was more of that feel, and I, and I think that part of, um, you know, Cameron and I have talked about in the podcast of hopefully we can build a more fruitful community. I feel like if we embrace that more, um, maybe more of the, subtleness of conversation like you're saying like you know people talk now you know like we know our neighbors right. you know because right. we're a community we hang out um maybe more of the subtle stories will start to come out and people will realize oh yeah maybe god is working in my life and uh you know because i think that that's you know what we're called to do i don't know i just i i think that we've lost that sense of community as time has gone on, well, there's which is crazy because like we should, as we evolve, evolve in the good parts, right? But we've, as we've evolved, we've like these communities have kind of become individualized um, and not. I don't know. Well, there's so many, so many um, reasons that people believe that the grass is always greener somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that is illusions of of grandeur or you know i'm going to be the next one to make it big on whatever the heck social media platform you want to you want to use or you know i i want to be in this big city so i'm just going to go here and i i i'll just do what i'll just do what i want for 10 years and then i'll maybe settle down i mean that's it's not a coincidence that people are getting married less that people are having kids less that um there's this it we're almost going back to wandering mm. instead of being in a community one of the right. one of the things that um that Elizabeth and I are very staunch uh like believe staunch believing is that we don't want to leave Manitowoc yeah, I'm with you there. Like I, yeah. when we Laura and I, married, yeah, we're not moving. <laughs> when when we got married, I moved here. Yeah, I got a job close, and then even though I got a job in Green Bay, when I started looking for a new job, it was 
it's either going to be very close or I need to be able to work from home because we're not leaving Manitowoc. Mm-hmm. And even though I got a job in Green Bay, I work from home a decent amount of the time that that we don't need to go anywhere. We right. don't need to move. Because yeah. I like it here. Yeah. I like it here in Manitowoc. And it breaks my heart when people leave. For, um, yeah. Yeah. For, for whatever, you know, like I'm going to go do this thing or... Um, you know, I want to find the next job or the next big thing. So I'm going to go, you know, to a different, I'm not going to call any of our friends, but I'm going to go to a different city or I'm going to go to a different state or I'm going to do this. I'm not going to fight to stay here Mm. because, you know, you think about it, it's so easy to stay in touch Mm. with, 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 you know, apps, social media, phones, like, um, I play games regularly, well, semi-regularly, with f- four of the guys. Three of them, one of them was in California, one was in Madison, one was in Stevens Point, and the other one's Brandon. Yeah. He lives right. in Manitowoc. Yeah. <laughs> Who I see very often because he lives in Manitowoc. Right. Um, that we have this illusion that I don't have to be close to you anymore mm. to be close to you. And if you were to name your closest friends, I bet money that it's the people that live closest to you mm. right and not someone who lives you know i i say my best friend who has been my best friend for years who i talk to maybe two or three times a year lives in madison mm-hmm. is he really my best friend i love him they were very close right but can you really be that close if you only chat three times a year Reality, I talk to you more, you John, more than I talk to him. Sure. Um. So, it it's it's a it's an interesting situation that we find ourselves in, um, when we do need to rebuild that community. And that community needs to be close, and it needs to be here, or wherever you are. Or yeah, right, wherever yeah. you are. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to be man. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> come to Manitowoc. <laughs> hey man, you know what? If we're gonna take the Benedict option, you might as well do it this way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. Do you, do either of you think? Um, what are your thoughts on community? Used to be safety net, right? Like, like your neighbors knew you, and so if you hit hard times or whatever, right? They they knew you. Um, mm. Catholic Church subsidiarity, right? Like those decisions were made at a low level. Okay, we need to help so-and-so out. Like, clearly they're on hard times or whatever. All those things, that safety net was your community, was your friendship, might be your church, might be your farming community. Like, now I feel like, I don't know that for most of us, again, you worked among the poor as well. For the, the poor still need community. Right. Most of us, I feel like we don't, necessarily think about community as a safety net anymore yeah and i feel like that's kind of what i was kind of getting at earlier of um these people rely on each other you know um and possibly because they had to right you know right um but i almost wish that that embracement of everyone you know in the community was universal not just like we have to rely on each other because if we don't, we die, <laughs> you right. know? Right. Um, it, I think, um, yeah, I think I've got a great point. Is it, 
you know, do we really have it anymore of like, who can you reach out to? You know, like these people knew who they could go to. Um, they, they knew who they could go to for food, for this, for that, uh, for travel. Cause a lot of people don't have cars and who has a car. Okay. We got a car. So, you know, it's, it, it was a, a reliance on each other, but they had that. And I, it's almost like, it, where does that exist anymore? Um, besides those communities and it, it's almost I, I wish like i wish that yeah it was almost universal that people just it didn't matter where you live didn't matter what your background was didn't matter what your financial status was it just you you knew your neighbors and you had embraced that community and you know it, people just stepped up you know regardless of what was happening yeah and I'm certainly guilty, especially in the past, of, of our kind of American rugged individualism, right? You know, yeah. who who did it? I did. Yeah. Um, no, I'm definitely I, guilty of it. You know, I'm guilty not, of yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think that even just coming to the awareness for me, right? Like, right. okay, <laughs> one, right? God, God did it, not me. Mm-hmm. And two, then like who... So because of that, who's God asking me to reach out to? Who's God, who's God asking me to see, to mm-hmm. hear? Um, right. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's such a full, and it's one of those, it's one of those things, um, you and I, John, are, are well known to those who ask us for advice, um, that we have a very like couldn't be bothered kind of attitude about it. <laughs> like if you need to, yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Julia mentioned it last, like last episode, like how it was. You know, she would explain like what was going on, and you know, she would just ask like, "Oh, do you think I should do this?" Yeah, <laughs> or just do no, that. or don't. Oh. <laughs> I, what do you want? She would tell us what she wants. Great, do it. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, and I, and it's very easy. It's very easy. Like you want a great community. Great. Do it. Yeah. Whatever. Mm, fine. Right. Um, when in reality, you know, it, and it, it, a lot of that does come from our, um, American, very busy. I am busy. Therefore I am useful. Therefore I am good. Therefore I am loved. Um, which, you know, we're busy people. Um, I used to think I was busy in college. Then I got married and got a job. And I'm like, oh, that kid's an idiot. He Looking back at undergrad, it's like, man, now I have like, the most time. Now, like, <laughs> you and I are married. We have full-time jobs. We're like, oh, my gosh, it's so hard to get together on, like, a weekend. We're so busy. And Andy's got, like, I have four kids. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you don't even know. <laughs> okay. Yes, that was right to my mind. Even, even... You know, we had our first, we had our first, our daughter, Libby, we had her, and it's like, okay, it changes everything, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I had so much time. Well, then you have the second one, you're like, why did I think I had no time when I had one? <laughs> At least, you know, somebody, a dad of a lot of kids said, oh, so yeah, you went from two-on-one defense to one-on-one defense to now you just run zone defense. And I was like, you're exactly right. That's how my dad always described it, too. He had the one, two-on-one. Yeah. Double team. And we go man-to-man. And now we had you, John. Now we're zone. Now we're zone defense. You know, Somebody's getting through the seams. Yeah, my sister was six years older than me, so thankfully by the time I was born, she was like, 
Yeah, I'm not saying like a six-year-old's function. No, but, <laughs> they, yeah. well, no, but they are. They're, they they're more help helpful help. than oh, yeah. another two-year-old right, or yeah. something. Yeah, they'll, they'll make sure that if you're holding scissors, like, oh, no way. Yeah, oh, no. Okay, let's stop. Let's not do or this. Least, Mom, he's sticking his finger in the outlet again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here, give him a fork. No, <laughs> 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 so I was the I was the first boy. I have two older sisters, and my mom always said she was like. Gosh, I, I I had no idea. Like I always thought my my friends. She's like I kind of judged my friends with boys, <laughs> but she's like, gosh, they're all just so crazy. And I thought, man, what kind of parent? And then she's like, then I had you, and I was like, I get it now. Why <laughs> you are? Why our kids are running around so much because they're boys? And she's like, I just there's I raised you guys totally different time frames i had to make sure John just survived until like <laughs> ten, and then I'm like, okay, he's good. And then I started teach or she's like and then i started parenting my daughters at like 12 because now they have opinions about things so <laughs> so uh yeah jim gaffigan's got a good joke too about being like the the time of fatherhood he's like yeah because he has like i think like six or seven kids yeah. i was like somebody asked me what it's like to have six kids it's just like having five kids and you're drowning and then somebody has you another one kid yes <laughs> like I imagine you're that. drowning yes. and somebody has you a baby <laughs> <laughs> baby <laughs> so we're, uh, yeah. we're we're both very much still in the i'm i'm not really much anymore but um like i have one thing to do on saturday so i'm busy on saturday <laughs> I don't, let's not, we can't hang out Friday because we have this thing to do on Saturday. You're guilty. Oh, I, 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 am. <laughs> I am guilty. Of I, I, have, I, am. I have school tomorrow, so I, I can't I have hang school out. school all the time. I have school all the time. I don't have like yeah, but like it just is. And, and even in, like, or, or I have, I have to work tomorrow, so I'm not going to do this tonight. Dude, I have to be up because at 4 a.m., bro. Like, yeah, of course I'm not going to do something at 8 p.m. because I'm in bed. <laughs> You're also 20 what? I'm 22 old, man. Yeah. That... <laughs> 22 old. <laughs> My back cracks in places. I didn't even know I had a bone there, you know. And but, I'm in the medical field. I should know there's a bone in a joint there. But, but like, we, we're not at a point yet where it's, where it's oh, my goodness, we have an hour yeah. And let's just try to grab a <laughs> let's try to grab a drink quick just yeah. so we could see other people. That's where you kind of need. That's where the community kind of needs to be. Yeah, that's and it's there out of an it. You get there out of a necessity mm. because you you crave human interaction. We have so much of that that time now, mm. mm-hmm. and we're just really really crappy at doing it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we feel like we're connecting, but we're not. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, I, and I'm guilty of it. Like, because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I, my friend that lives in so-and-so, you know, I, you know, I feel connected because I saw what they're doing in Colorado because of Facebook. It's like, I'm not that connected. <laughs> I'm not, you know, uh, it's not a connection. It's, I have an app and I can see what they're up to. You have to get to a point where you aren't catching up when you see each other. Mm. That's because that's where the that's where your different conversations will come out. Mm, right. You know, if if we if Elizabeth and I got our ideal seeing everybody every week idea, like we wouldn't mm. have to catch up all the time, or right. it'd be it would be considerably less because we would see each other all the time. Now you can really have actual conversations. You're doing real life together. Yeah, right. you know, Instead you're of, doing real life together rather than just kind of. 
hitting the high points yeah. or the low points. Right. But, yeah. 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 Or, you know, and, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong about that. Like I, I still prefer that to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'd, I'd still prefer seeing everybody once a month instead of it. Absolutely. Not at all. But there's a, a, a such a pull and my wife feels it more than I do. Right. Cause I'm a guy. Um, to have a more constant community. Um, when I lived in, uh, when I was in college, you know, you, you live in the dorms, um, you're so close to oh, community yeah. that you're always around somebody in it. And sometimes too much, sometimes yeah. too much, but <laughs> I look very fondly back yes. on those days. A, yep. a, because I had no responsibility, but <laughs> B, because I, if I wanted to see my buddy, I just go across the hall. Yep. If I yeah. wanted to, you know, it was like an open door policy too. Like I'm mean, not open door policy, but like yeah. people are just we just had yeah. our doors open. Oh, yeah. You know, you're in your yep. dorm room. Your your door was open, like wedged open with some like something you found. You know, like a traffic cone that you stole <laughs> or something like that. You know, like people had, people wedge their doors open with the, like the silliest things. But like, uh, you know, the door is open, and it's just like, hey man, want to play Super Smash Bros? Like, duh, yeah, I do. I'll stop studying for twenty minutes to play Super Smash Bros. You know, like. That's uh, that's what it was like. And Doors were just open. You just walked down the hallway unless you were going to change. And that's the only time you shut your door. That's all good. Yeah. And it, and there's a reason we look fondly back on that because it was it was good. Yeah. You know. No, it, I agree. We I mean, we lose that because we are American and individualistic, and you know, there's there's a lot of great parts to. I mean, I'm on record saying that America's the greatest country in the in the world, but. Um, humbly, th- humbly. <laughs> there, there are a lot of we're such a, a lot of pitfalls. <laughs> like we have our own house, which is very mm. far away from your house that I haven't been to yet. Yeah, and, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> which is far away from you know uh, Brandon's place, which is you know very far away, or you know even where Julia lives is 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 further away, and you know we we've got these little pockets of yeah. where we are. Um, that's why my goal is to make so much money someday. Yeah, because that I buy those, yeah. five or six cottages on a lake up north, and I just give out the keys to my friends. Yeah, there we go. Just, that's where we all go to retire. Yeah, or and if get, you don't want to go, I can just be like, "I bought you a house. Get up here." <laughs> it's on a lake, man. Like, come on now. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I just have um. <laughs> it's a fun question. Did you, when you were in New Zealand? Yes. Did you go to Hobbiton? We did. Yeah, I had, yeah. yeah we you, had, you got we it, right? That's, That's right. Like, yeah. It's awesome. Yes. My uh, my parents had a, a New Zealand cruise. So they, they, okay. they so get this. I moved home. Uh, I went, you know, lived in Minneapolis for like f- f- five months or whatever um, after school. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and then I moved back. My parents were like, welcome back. And I lived with them for like... Um, I lived with them when I moved back and they're like, welcome back. We're going on a cruise for a month. H- have fun. <laughs> so the, like the, the next day I dropped them off at the airport and they had this plan. It's not like yeah, they were like, yeah. Oh, John's home. We got to leave. We gotta um, leave yeah. for a month. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. But they had, they did like a month cruise around Australia and New Zealand and they, uh, they loved it. Um, did you ever do the Hakka dance? We did not no. do the Hakka dance. Have you but, witnessed a Hakka dance? Yes. Yeah. So actually the, School 
that was Catholic school that was attached to one of the churches where we were kind of serving at, helping out at. Yeah. Uh, the school kids had done their own, developed their own haka. Yeah, that's cool. Um, tied to St. Joseph. Neat. Yep. And so they welcomed us with their school haka dance. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know if like the haka dance is like a, I don't it's know, a Mari like, thing. Yeah, like I, it's I don't a know if it's like thing. a religious dance. I don't, I don't know. I think it's more of a community sort of thing versus like a spiritual thing. So that's why I was just curious if it's um, like frowned upon to do it. But like, yeah, I, and I don't know all about it. From yeah. what I understand, it's yeah, it's it's a community thing, yeah. but also it it has a spiritual component in that you're like um, scaring away the evil spirits yeah. of the of the people coming to visit you right You're kind of scaring yeah. the evil spirits off of them and and so then the visit will be okay so i guess you could make it like i mean like i guess you could make it like a catholic haka dance right? i mean like no that's, like, yeah, that's like, what they kind of did yeah that's yeah, awesome they, that's they, cool. they had the i, love I don't yeah how you know how saint joseph is in there exactly <laughs> i don't quite understand but it was awesome that is awesome yeah it's a cool it's cool to watch whenever i like watch uh which I don't watch like rugby, but like, <laughs> when you see the all blacks, when I see the all blacks. The all blacks it, oh, yeah. that's so cool. Have you ever seen him? Do you know I what the have no idea what the heck you guys are talking what? about? What? No way. Oh, okay. Oh, it's all right. I, when we're done here, yep. I will show you. We're going to pull dance. an all black. Yeah. Is this like a, uh, uh, what's the, one of those like tic tac things? No, no, no. This is like, uh, man, they've been so, doing it for like, they, well, you oh, probably know, long well, time. Yeah. From, so New Zealand, I believe, I believe really has only been settled for about 800 years yeah. when the Maori first came there. It was, I think, 800 years ago. Um, and when Europeans first came, they did the haka dance to welcome them. So the haka dance, Cameron, it's like the stomping and moving the arms and sticking the tongue out and growling and, and lots of words and slapping your chest and stuff. Again, it's sounds super sus. Like you, you think, it's also though like a sign of respect. Like you, there's like it's different. A, it's dances. a welcome. Like, it's yeah, a welcoming. It's, it's thing. a welcoming yeah. thing. And again, like if you think about it, right? Okay, we're scaring the evil spirits off of you and away from you, so that we can have a really good meeting. Like we sure. can we can meet sure. each other without being influenced. By the evil spirits, yeah. so that's a that's a, a good well wish. Interesting. It's yep. very cool to watch, though. Um, yep. Very intense. Like I, I watched also like a, I saw a video of a haka dance at like a, um, like a wedding. Like oh they, sure. Uh, the yep. whole family of the bride like, uh, like welcomed the husband and with a haka dance. It was like it was yeah. really cool to watch. I was like, this is like this is awesome. Uh, not it. You have you're laughing. You have to watch it. This reminds me of like it. some Harlem Shake thing. Oh no, it's not even not even close. Not even close. <laughs> it's way more intricate and dedicated than a to Harlem and, Shake. And, and, and well thought out. Like yeah. again, and I don't. So was a Harlem Shake, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't close. understand the meanings of all the movements, but all the you know to the Mari, yeah. all the everything has a. It's conveying certain things, like so their haka dance. Um, that included St. Joseph. Like, it's intentional. It's not mm-hmm. just done off the cuff or whatever. Yeah. It's not just like some middle school dance, like, dumb dance move that they all decide to do. It's very yeah. organized, intentional. 
So I was just curious. Yeah. 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 No. Museum. No, we and we did go to um, Milford Sound. We got to go to Milford Sound. So like one of the natural wonders, just beautiful yeah. place. Oh, New um, Zealand. Uh, I have a friend that studied there um, in a summer, and he uh, he's also a photographer. Oh. <laughs> I think he did it for the photography to yep. be honest with yep. you um oh gosh the photos are just stunning it's like it, yeah it's breathtaking yeah yeah oh it is and because we were at the south part of the south island i didn't realize like we saw little blue penguins in the wild like that's so cool yeah like there's penguins there i'm like really are you serious <laughs> <laughs> makes sense though i guess you're yeah. at south but if that tells yeah. you anything we, we were not on a tropical island. No. Like, <laughs> yeah. Summertime, summertime, you know, 60 degrees, maybe 70. That's my jam, That's though. Kinda, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm, I was fine. Awesome. I was fine. Awesome. <laughs> There's the goodbye. There's a board game that we really love called Wingspan. You know Wingspan. Oh, yeah, Wingspan. Yeah, There's a, one of the birds is called the, the little penguin. Is a blue a blue penguin. Yeah. What do you call him? The oh. grumpy penguin. Because he's got a grumpy face on. Is there's a little penguin. Yeah. A little blue penguin. Grumpy. Yeah, a little blue penguin. Now that, we know where they're from. Real, it's a real deal. That's, yep. We had yellow eye penguins. I think we only saw one of those ever because they're more rare. But the little blue penguins are not all over. But if you go looking for them, you can find you're them. You're just like walking, just like walking around. Like they're, it's not like he has to go to like I a think zoo. they waddle. No, and uh, well, <laughs> along along the coast, yeah, you know, okay. and then um, they usually nest where there's beaches where they can get out of like sandyish beaches, yeah. but with rocks, plenty of rocks, because yeah. then they'll kind of nest up under the rocks to stay protected. Nice. Yeah. If you go looking around, you, it cool. takes a bit, but you'll find them. And there there are some. Roads along the coast that'll have like penguin crossing signs up so that you know, <laughs> you know, hit them. It's <laughs> so funny because, like, uh, you know, Wisconsin, we got the deer crossing, yes, it's like Florida, like every every state, I feel yeah, like, gator country, crossing. yeah, gator crossing, penguin crossing, penguin crossing. <laughs> Florida, yes. man Australia crossing. probably has kangaroo crossing, those things walk Almost around certainly. apparently like deer, yeah, like, they don't walk like deer, but they're like that common, like. In Australia, I thought they were just sort of like yeah, kangaroo. Oh. Kangaroo will mess you up, though. Oh yeah, you deer don't, you will don't, run away from you. Kangaroo, kill. yeah, you don't. Yeah, no, you don't walk up to a kangaroo. You ever see kangaroo jack? Well, they're jacked, man. Yeah, dude. kangaroos are jacked. Yeah, kangaroo you see the jack. Biceps on those things. I'm not. I'm not walking up to one. That's if they want to punch you. They'll just kill right. you. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true too. Yeah. I'm not messing with a kangaroo. No. No. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with a deer either, though. Like. I don't know. Like there, we have deer in our backyard, but now they're not there, so it kind of makes me sad a little bit because I feel like maybe they're dead. But like, because you know, deer hunting season, they'd always come around. (laughs) They'd always come around. Nobody hunts in the city of Manitowoc. No, but they were always there. Like maybe they heard you. I don't know. No, that didn't scare them away. Oh my gosh, I would go out there clapping, and they're like, turn their head, and they're like, oh, that guy's fine. Maybe just that guy's the least intimidating person we have encountered today. Maybe the guy that was there before you fed them, and you don't feed them, so they stopped caring. They definitely would not. I don't have any plans. They would just hang out and eat my eat the stuff. That's maybe they in the ate. Woods. Maybe they ate all the good stuff. I don't know. Maybe, but also like 
hunting for somebody that doesn't know what's going on with the deer you're you are really shooting down all of my ideas that could be what's going on with the deer do you either know what's going on with the deer john or i don't know they haven't been around a while i'm just saying it, deer I, hunting season just ended, man. Probably Maybe they okay. So, I hope, so, I hope it so is. Did breeding, so did breeding season. So they might just be all running around. That's true. Looking for partners. That's a good point. I hope they're back. I kind of, I mean, my wife isn't listening to this, but she doesn't want the deer. I kind of like them. I think they're kind of fun. Of all the, like, quote unquote, pests you can have in your backyard, deer are, like, the best. Yeah, like. Yeah. Like, if I wake I up care. and there are five deer, like, during the summer, maybe these deer die too. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, during the summer, um, before I would go to bed, I would, uh, rip the cat would like to hang on, like, in my upstairs den. Where right. Like, we have all those windows, right? Yeah. Um, and he would, like, just hang out in there. So I would go in there just to, like, look around the backyard or whatever without, like, going to the bedroom and waking up my wife. Um, and... Very often, I would see deer in my neighbor's backyard. Yeah, because we're like, you know, you've seen my place. Like, yeah, my neighbor's backyard's right there. Um, and so they would also like walk across our backyard because the gate would be open all the time. <laughs> um, so I they would they would walk in our gate, walk through our backyard, and, and go hang out in my neighbor's backyard because there's that wooded area back there. Um, so they would they would just I I was always super excited. Because I would be like, oh, good, check if there are any deer. And they would be there like, oh, there are deer. This is awesome. And then, like, there's a squirrel that likes to hang mm, out. I like fun. seeing the squirrel. It's all right. Not as fun, though. Uh, but now it's just like there's a freaking squirrel again. Yeah, I like the deer. You know, like, it's like it's more exciting than a squirrel, but it's not a bear. Not that we had a bear in Manitowoc, but never know. I don't know. I feel like if I'm on the second floor of my house and I look in my neighbor's backyard and there's a bear, I'm like, oh, man, holy crap, there's a bear. This is all, I might wake up my wife for that. Well, I mean. I would not do that. Don't. No. No. <laughs> if I woke up my be, wife. Like, look, there's my, a bear. <laughs> if I woke up Laura from a deep slumber to say, hey, there's a bear in the backyard. <laughs> you know, I am. <laughs> I am not sleeping in peace that <laughs> night, man. Like, <laughs> You're not even sleeping <laughs> in your room, John. Yeah, probably not. So, like, you so, woke me up for that. I'd be like, yeah. I have a bear story. Like, oh, second. please. Yes. <laughs> think again. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, up in Lakewood, Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, I was working with some guys, and out of the woods comes a bear running at us. Oh, <laughs> like, towards you. Running towards me. Nice. And they didn't see it, and I saw it. So I'm like... <laughs> Bear, bear, bear. You know, this thing is getting closer and closer. Like, yeah. down to like 20 feet away. Oh, that's too oh, That's close. not okay. That's <laughs> running. That's nerve-wracking. That's 80 feet too close. And then I was like, big bear, big bear. And the guys turned, and then and the bear veered off when it saw the three of us. So it veered oh off gosh. and ran, ran back into the woods. And they're like, dude, that wasn't a big bear. That was a small bear. And you were all like, oh, big bear, big bear. I'm like, hey. Any bear that's running in my direction <laughs> just became a big bear. And they're like, yeah. okay, you're right. It could be three feet. I think. That's a big bear. It's, it's running at <laughs> me. Care. It's big. I don't want to hear. Even yeah. if it's a cub, you could be like, oh, small bear. Oh, 
where's the yeah, big bear? <laughs> yeah, the big bear is around. <laughs> yeah, when I was at Boy Scout camp, there were some bears, and oh, of course, like they were like, oh, there's been a bear sighting, so nobody slept that night or like anything. So, um, but there was cubs. A cub came running through our campsite, and I'm like, where's the mom? <laughs> I, I I was like, where's the mama bear? We never saw it. We never saw the mama bear. But yeah, little cub whoop, comes scooting, scooting through. It's kind of cute. You don't wanna, you don't, you don't want to mess with bears. No, of course no. not. That's like, yeah, no. You don't want to. Even if like you're about to be attacked by a bear, even if you have a gun, you better hope that the yeah, first shot kills it. Yeah. Well, I feel like aren't like you know black bears are like. Not as aggressive than grizzly. It's like black bears kind of like. I don't want to ever be in an alley with a bear. No, I don't. I, don't want, I mean, just saying. Polar the bears. Polar bears are like you're done. Yeah, you're done, man. Yeah, you're snack. Yeah, you're. Polar bears yeah. just like oh crap, food. Sweet. Yeah, like a moving thing. Okay, time to eat it. Time to eat it. Yeah. If I'm ever in a position where there are polar bears, then I deserve it probably. Yeah, I mean, like with you know, why the heck would yeah. I want to be? I don't. There? I would hope not. In a place where there are global bears. warming is, you know, <laughs> that would be like, <laughs> thanks, Al Gore. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do they live again? They live in the what Ar- do you mean? Up, right? <laughs> what do you mean? Arctic Circle, live? right? Their Arctic Circle, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So if the Arctic Circle is I gone, think I guess. Both poles. No, no, they're, Pole they're only, no, only one pole, yeah, they're yeah. the north. Otherwise, there wouldn't be penguins down. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's a good point. That's a good way to remember it, actually. Like, hey, where do penguins live? Where the polar bears don't live. Got it. <laughs> Someone should tell the polar bears. <laughs> They're just swimming across well, the world. Well, worry about watching documentaries and David Ambrose telling me how go. awful it is for the polar bears. Just fine. If their first habitat's melting, bring them. them to the other one. <laughs> bring them to the other cold Snack spot. <laughs> There's lots of penguins. Take just half the penguins. Do like a switch around. Bring bring the polar bear down the Atlantic. Bring the the half the penguins up the Pacific. Have them just swap. Have the polar bears eat a bunch of penguins, repopulate, and just switch. Oh my just gosh! World's world's pop- yeah, problem solved. Boom, do it. <laughs> we have boats to do it. Man. Like, yeah. They figure it out. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah, it won't be that. Probably just cause more global warming while you're. You Probably know. the ecosystem would be really screwed hopefully, up, but you know what? Hopefully, no. hopefully a fine. bunch of long cruise liners down yeah. uh, the earth. It's mm-hmm. like when they like took out wolves out of like yellow sunks. They're like, it's gonna help the population of the buffalo, and it screwed everyone over. That happens. But there are a lot of buffalo in Yellowstone, so mission accomplished. Because <laughs> <laughs> they brought them back. <laughs> no, they, no, they. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. That was like a study a long time ago. Ecosystem. Hey, stuff, what was I the problem? Know. The problem was we need more buffalo. Problem like, solved. Yeah. <laughs> Yellowstone's fascinating. It is. Anyways, it is. That's been, a, have that's you a, been? Yeah. Have you been to Yellowstone? As a kid. Yeah. yeah. It's, yep. it's super sweet. Yep. You know what the it most is. boring part of Yellowstone is? I don't know. Old Faithful. Waiting. Oh. Waiting for. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> waiting. As a Wait, kid, especially. Yeah. Waiting for Old yeah. Faithful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, I remember when being we saw it, I'm like, wild. great. Can we go do the fun stuff now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So this is how the Yellowstone trip worked as a kid. So my, my parents were like, hey, guys, we're going to do a family trip. We're like, yeah, we do it every year, right? And normally my parents plan it. And they're like, hey, if you guys want to plan a trip, pitch it. We'll do it, my sister. And I was like, cool. I want to go to Texas. They're like, why? 
because I was like super obsessed with the movie The Rookie. You ever seen the movie The Rookie? Anyways, yes. I was like, we're going to go to middle nowhere, Texas, so I can meet this guy. Don't ask questions. My parents were like, that was dumb. So my sisters were like, we're going to pitch Boston. They do the whole thing. They're like, we're going to go to Boston. My parents like, great, we're going to Yellowstone. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're driving. And we're driving. Get tricked. I know. We're like, oh, we're driving too? This sucks. So I loved it. I loved it. It was a great trip. That drive sucks. Not really, though. We made stops along the way. Like, we went to South Dakota, did the whole, like, Mount Rushmore thing, Custer State Park. Like, we made... It was fun. It was fun. Good time. But, uh, yeah, no, Old Faithful, definitely the most underwhelming experience. Like, it was like, we were waiting. And then it happens, we're like, (coughs) I could have gotten the same experience at Disney World (laughs) with the the geysers (laughs) that they make that are fake. Luckily, no, you guys will... You guys take... Family trips quite often to Disney World. Every other year, yeah. So I get the same experience running, riding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So, you know. (laughs) It just was underwhelming. I was like, cool, great. Let's go eat some buffalo. What? (laughs) You didn't have buffalo when you were there? Oh, like a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) No, let's go eat some buffalo. I was like, yeah. What are you thinking of? Well, I don't go to Yellowstone. I didn't go to Yellowstone hoping that I was going to eat a buffalo. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm bored. Let's go do something else. I thought, like, bison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bison. It's just the same thing. In the same area as Old Faithful, there's a bunch of other named geysers that are way cooler. Yeah, no, not wrong. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, gorgeous math that goes along with, like, predicting when When some of the other geysers are going to go. Because Old Faithful is, like... It's the most consistent one, though. It's most consistent, and we have functions for it, which is pretty great. I Math rocks. But um, some math of the other rocks. ones, like, even with functions, we can only get within a certain, like, percentile of yeah. of when it's actually going to go off. Um, even with computers, it's pretty sick. The most terrifying thing is that, like, Yellowstone's on, like, the world's biggest, like, volcano. Super volcano. Yeah. Like, when I read that, we were it was the first day we were there, and I was like, oh, so... <laughs> This it's is a matter cool. of time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so uh, this could blow us up. If you're going to be anywhere, though, when that goes. You might as well be there. You might as well be there because you'll die Quick. instantly. Boom. Yeah. You, you you only have to be with them, like, essentially the whole West will be destroyed. So That's right. They're in states <laughs> in the West. <laughs> Arizona's great. I, I, do love, I do love Arizona. Yeah. I do really like Arizona. The rest of them are fine. <laughs> oh man good times it's alright it's alright well uh, <laughs> thanks so much for for joining us today uh, any parting words of wisdom oh gosh um, yeah, I put you on the spot never asked anybody this like, man we before. went we were talking about Arizona and the west <laughs> parting words of wisdom um, Andy mentioned before he, we went live that he's listened to all the episodes of the podcast. Yes. So I'm like, oh, why, why am, I might as well do something that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Catch my card. <laughs> um, love generously, you know, mm-hmm. see, see those around you and, and love them where they're at and listen to the Holy Spirit. God is good. It's beautiful. Yeah, very and, good. If you want to yeah. be like Andy, you can uh, email us at humblyspeakingpod at gmail.com. Um, we're about to take a hiatus here, John. A little bit. Maybe a month, month and a half. Yeah, um, we'll see. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll see. I'm not. I yeah. didn't plan anything. Did you plan something? No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> just, just for the holidays, early January. Uh, need a little bit of a break. Uh, not like this is taking that much of our time. Um, but it is <laughs> no, good. To, it is good to to have some some time to re plan out, re kind of think about how we do things and um, get some cool people. Continue to get some cool people on the show. We don't want to be to the point where it's just you and me again. Um, because that episode will never, yeah, right, be be around. I'd really like to not have to tap my wife if we don't have to. So right, exactly. Um, we've got a nice list. Uh, but if you would like to be also on that list, again, you can email us at onlyspeakingpod at gmail dot com, or um, just talk to one of us, John or I. We're yeah. around places. We're places. Or go to the parish office. They know how to find us. Exactly. Okay. I forget. How do we even end this? It's been like two weeks. Father Mike Schmitz. Right? Father Mike Schmitz. What about Father Mike Schmitz? <laughs> Usually said... You, oh, yeah. Point, we're, right? we're, we're we're praying for you guys. Uh, uh, please please pray for us. Uh, 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 praise be Jesus Christ. <laughs> now and forever. <laughs> Amen. Amen.